You're listening to Clock Radio Speakers with Armand and Doc. And now, Side B. You want to talk about Kanye suing for his masters? Yes. <clears throat> what What's going on, Doc? Give us the Give us the inside scoop. So the headline is Kanye sues Rockefeller. And yes. It's like, well, yeah, because he's was signed to Rockefeller, but like he's not suing Jay because Jay hasn't been a part of Rockefeller for like a long time. Right. So, um, in the fall, there was a whole thing where Kanye was talking about uh, Sony wouldn't. Uh, take his money for his masters, something to that effect. That sounds yes. familiar. Mm-hmm. Like he, right. I think he was trying to pay eight mil. Right. I forgot uh, about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So he was signed to, right. So he was signed to um, Rockefeller for recording contract, but his publishing is through EMI. EMI is now a subsidiary of Sony. So this is really Kanye coming through with the legal aftermath of his initial social media threat. Aftermath. Yeah. So, Here's the thing. Most of the most of the complaint is heavily redacted. Nobody really knows anything. We just know that he's suing EMI and whatever is whatever company the remnants of Rockefeller belongs to, right? I think the interesting thing here is like and it's it's a real it's a real it's a real problem because like from a strictly like legal and financial situation, the idea that Kanye could force Sony to give him a price for masters is absurd. Okay. Now I say that because like Sony looks at that as like an investment, mm-hmm. right? That is a, that is a, that is a, a valuable asset that they own. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you take away, and we'll come back to this part in a second, but if you take away the fact that no, that's someone's like art, that's someone's work. If you just treat it like a house, let's say you owned a house in a really valuable mm-hmm. neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And someone was suing you because you refused to sell it to them. Mm, okay. That seems kind of weird. Okay. But it's complicated because it's not just a house. It's someone's art. Right. So <laughs> I I don't know what grounds Kanye has to sue on exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I feel for him. I do. Right. Um, but like. We saw, you know, what Michael's, you know, Michael Jackson famously uh, bought portions of, if not all of like the Beatles catalog for like publishing catalogs generate money all the time mm-hmm. because every time uh, a Kanye West song is used in a commercial or a movie trailer or played on Spotify or any of that stuff, the artist gets a percentage too, but like, so does the, like all these other pieces get, get a percentage and, and Kanye is obviously trying to get to a place where he gets all of it. He doesn't want to give anybody anything anymore because he feels, and I get it, that he has gone to a place in his career where that, like, why should he have to do that anymore? Yeah. But like for his stuff prior to, I think it's 2011, for his stuff prior to 2011, I mean, that's like classic Kanye material. Yeah. If you're EMI, why on earth would you give that up? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in, unless Kanye... But like bowls you over with some like price that you're just like, well, I got to take that. How much money was he talking about paying for it? Um, the originally when he was trying to buy him. Yeah. I believe it was eight mil. So just to give you an idea, I just saw that the dream now his back catalog is a little different because he didn't sample like Kanye did. 
and got a lot of hits with other with like you know we're talking single ladies all that like huge smash hits but just to give you an idea the dream just sold 75 percent of his of his publishing right i remember that yes for 23 million dollars okay dang would you cash it what is that but is that worth it you know what i'm saying like he made he made it i mean he made it he made a decision where he said it's he he either i mean there, there could be lots of reasons either he is feeling financially pinched right pinched. yeah and and what needs and you know he likes to live a certain lifestyle that 23 million can come come in real handy right uh that could be part of it he could be so confident in his in his work that he's like that's the old stuff let me cash out now because my new stuff is going to get me even more money mm. i don't know if that's a i don't know if that's a wise statement but who knows he i because he is a songwriter at his core like it might be that the ultimate legacy of the dream is as a songwriter and we think of him being this this great producer as like yeah he did that when he was younger yeah but like if you're a really talented songwriter who has strong relationships with big name artists like he does he could be writing songs until his 50s his 60s you know what i mean like he could be doing yeah. it for a long time so like if you approach it from that maybe then maybe you know you go okay sure maybe you cash out on this now and then you uh you know you make sure the deal is written so that that's just stuff from this day to this day and then going forth you you're going to do something different. Mm. I kind of get that. But so if you imagine, so if, so 23 million for three quarters. So I'm trying to, I'm doing, struggling doing the math, but you know, so like, let's say that, uh, so like that's roughly 31 million, 30 million for all of it is basically what that values his catalog at. Okay. So if you're telling me all of Terry Nash's publishing is worth 30 mil. Now, again, I said with the sampling, it's a little different, might be more complicated. He shares publishing, et cetera, et cetera. But this is Kanye West we're talking about here. You think yeah. Sony's going to sell for eight? Mm. Yeah. It's tough. But, yeah. If you're, but if you're Kanye, I told Kanye's like, I told, Kanye's like, I'm sure Kanye got it like a prey, like Kanye went through some process or whatever. I'm, I mean, I'm sure. But I could entirely see this thing where someone was like, here's a fair value, you know, this is et cetera, et cetera. But like, I don't know. This is why the music industry can be messed up, right? Kanye's like, that's my stuff. And Sony's like, well. <laughs> is it? Is it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's hard. I agree. I agree with everything you said. We'll see what happens with the, um, when the um, when the stuff either is unredacted or I'd be interesting to see like what the resolution process here is, right? Like, because, you know, Sony is a, is a big name. You know, part of what they have to weigh is, you know, if they look at this and go, you know, Kanye is kind of in an interesting point in his career now, but we feel like there's still a lot more potential there. Do we really, you know, for future endeavors, whether it's Sony movies or this or that, do they really want to make Kanye West mad? Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there's a certain value. If you, if you look at this artist and go, mm, do we want to, you know, how much is this really worth to us? To, you know what I mean? Like that, that's going to weigh in this too. So I don't know. Yeah. But if you see the headline, like Kanye suing Jay-Z, it's like, well, no, <laughs> yeah not yeah. exactly i mean but that's you know that's where media is right now well it's also like there's a lot going on in the world and sometimes you need you know you got to dive in a little deeper absolutely which is what this show is for <laughs> absolutely that's why we're here okay oh um, man so before we get to some uh some artists some music real yeah, quick yeah, yeah. Your, your your favorite streaming service spotify <laughs> okay um, they're talking about allowing users to mute artists. I think they, I think they, they're not talking about it. They, they implemented it. 
Oh, can you do that right now? I believe so. I believe it's here. Because I, I saw um, articles that uh, Cardi B and Nicki were the top two most muted artists. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm about to pull up a random artist. Let's pull up. Yes. So basically, if you go look at an artist and there are three dots at the top right hand corner, hit those dots. Um, you have the ability to follow the artist. And then there's a circle in the slash that says, do not play this artist. So I'm assuming that's in, I'm, ass I'm assuming that's in like the radio, but like, does that also mute their songs from curated playlists? I would expect that would be true. Yes. Like okay. you don't hear them at all. At all. Okay. So what do you think about this as a, as a sort of way for fans to be able to do things like mute R. Kelly. I think that if you are paying your, it's weird, right? If you're paying your $9.99, you should be able to do whatever you want with the music outside of, you know, take it off the service, unfortunately. Um, so if you choose to mute certain artists because you don't agree with who they are as a person, um, or if you just don't like their music and you don't want to hear an R. Kelly record, a Cardi B record, a Nicki Minaj record while you're, you know, going through curated playlists, I believe that that's your, I believe that's your right. I don't want you to tell me, okay, we're not going to feature R. Kelly on any of this stuff. However, to their point, it's their platform. So if they choose to remove an artist's stuff because it's their platform, what can you do? Do you have a say so because you pay the nine ninety nine? Do you hit me with the when the cop pulls you over and you say my my taxes pay your salary, pal? <laughs> do you hit him with that, or is it like you know what can you do? This is your platform. You're choosing not to support this artist on your platform. You don't want to pay out. You know you don't want to pay out any streaming royalties to this artist. So we just have to kind of take it. I'm Doc. To be honest, I'm not sure, man. Yeah. So. Um, Coupled with this is, I wonder if people know how streaming payments actually work. Okay. I suspect they don't. So let's say you, Armand Wake Up, you pay your, what is it, $10 American? $9.99 for Spotify? Uh, I, I, pay, I pay five because I have the student okay. with that Hulu, Spotify, oh, right, right, right. and right. Showtime. But yes, ten. what was it say here? $10, sure. $10. I think people people think that okay, I'm paying ten dollars a month, and twenty percent of the of the time I listen to Armand Wake Up because you, they're they're a good and, and loyal fan, right? I think that people think that twenty percent of that ten dollars goes to Armand. Absolutely, that is not true at all. <laughs> okay, break it down. How it works is your ten dollars goes into the pot. Yes, and then across all of Spotify. Like, whatever percentage gets paid to Armand mm -hmm. comes out of that. So, like, sure, listen to Armand 20% of the time. But, yes. like, if 20% of the time is, well, you listen to 100 songs and 20 of them were, 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 were Armand records, as opposed to I listen to 1,000 songs and 200, like, they go by, num by, they go by sheer numbers, not percentage. Okay. So, sure, you're contributing to your whatever two cents that you're going to get from Spotify. Sure. But, like, it, they can't, like, so you couldn't give an artist 10 bucks a month by 
Well, I, I logged in and I listened to one song. Right. And, and then I logged out. Well, great. You gave that artist a play count of one and then your 10 bucks went into the pot. And so artists get paid out as a percentage across the entire platform. So what I would be, <clears throat> so the mute thing just means you're not going to hear the artist. It does not mean that your money is not going back to that artist. Mm. So how best would you recommend that a, uh, a fan supports an artist? Well, they should, I mean, if you look, if you really want to support the artist, if they sell physical copies, buy a physical copy. Better yet, they do merch, buy merch. If they, but most importantly of all, if they do a live show somewhere, go see them live, right? And buy physical copies and merch at the live show. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, they're going to sell you like a $10 sweatshirt for $50. But <laughs> if are. you really want to support except, except me, I've, I've except, focused on except quality. Yes. Um, yeah. So like the mute thing doesn't stop your money from going to R. Kelly. It just means that R. Kelly stuff's not going to show up in your timeline. Mm. So it really only affects folks who are just kind of like taking the algorithmic approach to Spotify, mm -hmm. right? Like I will list, like there are some curated playlists on, on Apple music I listen to, but like I very rarely just like, Apple Music has this whole for you section where they come up with these playlists or whatever that are still yep. curated, but they are like recommended to you based off of what you listen to. I listen to those sometimes, but you know, for the most part, I'm listening to stuff because I'm like, no, I search and I listen. Like I'm I'm old school that way. Okay. So like the ability to mute R. Kelly for me doesn't mean much. Yeah. Now I think there's some interesting stuff that's gonna come out of this, right? So first of all, if you're muting then yes, it means you won't give an accidental play to an artist that you don't want to hear. Mm -hmm. It's also going to give Spotify unbelievable data. Yeah. Because yes. right now they can measure, right now they can measure people who really love songs because you go back to it. They can measure songs where people drop off quickly. They skip ahead because they don't like it. But that's very, that's a very different act than I'm muting this artist. Mm. And so it'd be, I, I'm fascinated to see what they do with that data right do they when they pick like the rap caviar playlist like when they pick these playlists are they sort of keeping that in mind mm -hmm. do they go well is that another is that another data point for i don't know if this person's popping like that so like as an artist do you get to see how many people have muted you right uh, spotify is very artist friendly so they do offer lots and lots of um statistics Stats. yeah that would be mm. fast i have no idea if the, uh, you know there's still i think there's still a lot we don't know about how this will work i'd feel a way if an art <laughs> somebody <laughs> like what but i mean that and then that so then that goes to the other thing i mean because now because muting muting and blocking isn't something new to social media so you can you know you can mute and block people everywhere um you know is I, it a I, thing where you can you see who mutes and blocks you on twitter no no you can't but you also don't pay for Twitter and Twitter doesn't pay out based on the number of like retweets that people get. Uh, yes, <laughs> Could you imagine yes, if yes. they did? Yes. Right. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. I don't even want to imagine if Twitter, if Twitter was, oh, if Twitter did payouts, it'd be terrible. So I, I, I all, so go back to so all, all that to say the muting idea is great from a, from a point of view of, I don't, I just don't want this R Kelly record or whoever to show up when I'm, you know, got something on random or when I'm listening to this playlist or whatever. I, Get and understand all that. Um, I just want to, you know, I, I I wonder if Spotify is trying to have their cake and eat it too a little bit. Where like they don't, 
by doing this, they get to say, well, you have the choice and now they never have to choose right. because you can choose. So yes. they are going to continue to, sure, they're going to put six, nine records in a, in a rap caviar playlist, because if you don't like it, you'll just skip or you'll mute. Mm-hmm. But it's like, okay, so you're just to be clear, you're still promoting and making money off of somebody who's done terrible things with a minor. Just yeah. being clear about that. Yeah, it's it's this way of, you know, I don't know, like we've talked about this in the show. Like you want to be wary of passing off all social responsibility and sort of your conscience to corporations. But on the other hand, I don't know. Do you want to? Do you want to like totally give them a free ride forever? I don't know. Right, right. So, a lot to think I, about. Yeah, a lot to consider, and that's why we're here. <laughs> yeah, I don't have anything else to add. I th- I so, think, are you going to be muting any artists? Um, like I said, like you know, I've said this several times. Like many, many of the artists that I listen to, I don't necessarily agree with. You know, they they definitely. Uh, go against a lot of things that I believe in. So some of the artists I just don't listen to. Um, right. Am I going to go to a place where I'm? I have to mute them? I mean, maybe, but I wasn't like, yes, now I can finally mute so and so. I'm not really the super like curated playlist guy. So I mostly listen to what I want to hear. Right. So you know, Takashi never ends up on anything that I listen to, unless I say, huh, there's a new Takashi record. I wonder what it sounds like going into it, knowing, okay, I'm about to listen to this music and it's going to be this, this, and this. And I'm like mentally prepared for it. So, I mean, not necessarily, not necessarily, um, not necessarily. I just don't listen to them to begin with. You know what I'm saying? So, right. Yeah. All right. You ready to talk about some music? God, yes. Was that everything? That was everything. Okay. All right. Let's, let's, let's talk music. I mean, we've only been <laughs> recording forever already. Right. Um, man. <clears throat> Excuse me. What a what a quiet month musically. Um, I mean, but this is the month that's supposed to be quiet. Yeah, yeah. And so you end up with some really interesting um, artists who you know, because w- whether it's a busy month or a slow month, every single week there's a number one on Billboard. Right. It's not like. You know, sure, five albums come out in a week in June, but that doesn't matter. There's only one number one. And conversely, you know, every single week, there's got to be a number one somewhere. And so you end up with, you know, traditionally, you might have like, oh, really big albums from December might carry over. Right. Right. And on the pop side, like Ariana Grande right now, like her, uh, like Thank You Next has been like the number one single in the country for a while. Yeah, they should just put out another, what was it called? Seven Rings? Which just went number one this week. There you go. And she announced her song, her um, her album. She's having a moment. She's 100% having a moment. Right. Um, but on the hip hop side, you and I talked about this. There weren't really a lot of like super strong late December albums. No. Right? We, everybody was done by November, right? For the most part. Right. Me came out, um, the 21 Savage record came out, which we didn't really talk about much in the show. You know, I kind of liked um and uh and, and and New York City's own A Boogie came out with an album. Yes, he and did. We don't normally talk about A Boogie much. No, not really. Um, but A Boogie went number one on the what third week, fourth week, second release. Uh, hold on, it was he definitely in- increased from like week to week? But hold on, let's yes, let's look at this. Because wasn't 21 Savage number one before then or number two or something like that? Right. Right, right, right. 
Um, why is it so hard to search? So, what did it do? Yeah, so it debuted at number two. Second week, number two. Third week, you're right, number one. Now, look, let, let's give all credit. Dude went number one. Mm-hmm. Not everybody goes number one. Not at all. Right. Um, he went number one by his streaming plus sales numbers were 58,000, which is, that's pretty low for number one. Mm-hmm. And this is just an amazing number. Physical album. They sold 823. Yeah. 823. Yeah. I feel like a busy Tower Records could have done 823 in the 90s. <laughs> like a single New York City Tower Records might have done that. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, his uh, his uh, his team had – I, I forget what, what interview I was reading, but they had an interesting take on this, which was basically, look, like, Aboogie is a streaming artist. Absolutely. If we were given a choice by the label, we would have said, don't even ship physicals. We're yeah. not even thinking about that. Yeah. Um, which, which, I mean, I think that makes all the sense in the world, right? Like, absolutely. A Boogie is not, like people aren't going to Best Buy. Exactly. To go buy A Boogie with the hoodie CDs. I I talked to my nephew yesterday, he's 14, and I asked him, I said, have you had an, I had to ask him this, have you had an experience where you've went to the store and physically purchased a CD? Oh my God. You know what I'm saying? So the fact that I even had to ask him that. Um, no, he said yes. Oh, what he for? said yes. He did. I don't remember, or I did. I don't think I asked. Or was it that? Was it X? So I don't know. But it wasn't a whole. It wasn't a whole lot, right? Or it wasn't a whole lot. Um, but still, like that's an experience in itself. Where I know he hasn't really. His mind isn't there. Sure. You know what I'm saying as most fourteen to, or ten to. 20-year-olds wouldn't be because right. they don't have any sort of physical technology to play CDs. And they shouldn't unless unless it's their uh unless it's their PlayStation or their Xbox. Right. So yeah, so I mean, a boogie went number 1. I figured it was like since we don't talk about him much, I figured it might be interesting to at least like I I wanted to listen to the album to try to see like all right, what this is a New York rapper who went number one in 2019, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who is not considered like an upper echelon A-list rapper. He's not Nicki, mm-hmm. right? Um, he's not even as well known as Takashi. Yeah. Right? Um, and look, this is going to come off as just like really like not positive, but like it's... Oh, you're good, you're good, you're good. They really released this at the right time. Absolutely. Right? right? Like, it's just not a very good album. Okay. Now, but part it, of it is, part of it is like, look, I'm not the target audience for this. That was going to be my next question. But even beyond that, most of the production is, is pretty generic, like trap. Okay. Was it, but was it a thing where, okay, so a record, I think A Boogie's biggest record is Drowning, right? That's right. Is that a record where do you like it or you understand why people do? I can't even tell you the last time I heard Drowning. Um, okay. I think so, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Okay. I, Drowning's all right. Okay. How do you feel about Drowning? Uh, I haven't heard all the way through. <laughs> um, it sounds haunting. It sounds like, like some Castlevania music. <laughs> right. So... He's got a handful of songs on here where it's like a big name, a bigger name producer comes in, 
Okay. And there is a notable difference to me. Okay. Right. Like, um, you know, he's got a record with Takashi produced by London on the track. Okay. Which kind of works like six, nine. This is the only positive thing I'm going to say about him today. He is a good counterpart vocally to a boogie, right? They have two totally different styles. Uh huh. Um, their voices play nicely off each other. The London on that track beat is good. Like that's fine. That totally works. I get that. Yeah. Um, the other, the other, the other, like one of the other records. Uh, this is the single "Star Tender," which is such a New York City thing, which is hilarious. Do you are you aware of the phenomenon of the Star Tender? No. What is that? All right. So there is a uh, call it a club in New York called Starlets, which is kind of like notorious in in New York. Um. And the bartenders there are have sort of become like people who are followed on social media in their own right, and they're referred to as star tenders. In fact, if I remember correctly, it is once one of these quote unquote star tenders who was in the middle of all this Cardi B offset drama. Like Oh yeah. So which makes it really funny that offset is on this record. Mm. Like how Cardi B knows what a star tender is. She's from New York. How are you going to be on a song called Star Tender? <laughs> like you got to stay away from that, right? Nah. <laughs> but it's such a new it's such a New York City thing. I like I heard I heard it and I was like I totally get why like New you know, New York loves references to itself always. Um things that are unique about New York. So like I was like no wonder this is popping on Hot 97. I get it. Um <laughs> yes, correct. Uh it's T minus on the beat. Um, okay. Kind of a unremarkable beat, but it's uh, it's up tempo, which is good because um, a boogie is better to me when he's up tempo, and Tiger's okay. on as well, and so you know, yes, that, right. Um, and then there's a record uh, on here where uh, Hitmaker has uh, he pops up, um, help out on production and writing, and it's a believe it or not, it is a pop rap reinterpretation of Crimea River, <laughs> and it kind of works for like what it's trying to do. I just broke you, didn't I? That's it. You're done. Uh, I kind of want to hear this. What's this record called? Come Closer. All right. Hold on. Jesus. <laughs> I really wish... Is there a way... Um, is there a way that we can, like, hook up, like, my iPad to make sure that, like, it's... I don't have to, like, hold it, the speaker to the mic to get it You know, we sound? could actually probably do this better. I could probably do it on my end, so I'm, like... If you tell me to play something, I'm like routing everything through. We okay. could probably work on that. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. Let, so let me, but let me just, let me play this. All right. What is... Oh, come on. Man. It sounds like what I would imagine somebody to sample that sound like in 2019. Right. So for what it is, it's fine. The rest of this is mostly pretty bad, actually. Okay. That was, believe it or not, that was one of the... Eh, songs so okay i want to give a lot of credit to a boogie though because i didn't realize so like he definitely um like he came like his deal with atlantic included him as 
Like he he immediately got his own sub label, which he signed Don Q to. Like he is mm-hmm. doing a thing, right? But like for a number one album, like for this to be kind of his big moment or whatever, I was like tremendously underwhelmed by this. So if you're an A Boogie fan and listen to this, maybe you can help me like figure out why. But like I heard this and I was just like, man, just a lot of this stuff. Cause like here's the thing, like for the most part on a lot of these songs, he basically has one go-to move, which is he he starts rapping. Well, he's really more like rap singing, but who isn't? So he he starts his verse at like one vocal tone, mm-hmm. and then like halfway through, he raises it up as if to um, show like energy. But yeah. he's got that one move. Yeah. And he uses it all the time. <laughs> it's the opposite of the J. Cole problem, but like <laughs> it's like I'm sure he I'm sure like at one point someone said, Oh, I like when you do that, or someone advised him, Hey, you're monotone, you should like do this, but like he always does it. Yeah. So eh. Out out of the two artists with Boogie in their name this week that we're talking about, A Boogie was my least favorite of the two. Okay. So basically you didn't miss out much by not listening to this. But it's indicative of like January being such a slow month that like this went number one by selling fifth by selling slash streaming 58 K in one week. Like it's incredible. Yeah. It's just indicative of where we are. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I wasn't, I just hated that. That was like the headline, like he sells. And then people were like upset or shocked. Right. Like you're not even going like, have you been to Best Buy CD section? (laughs) It's two rows Yeah. for everything. Yeah. It's and, not even and, full rose. And most of it's not hip hop. Absolutely. Because hip hop has, has totally flipped to streaming. Yeah. yeah. And even before streaming, hip hop was faster to move to digital downloads, I think. Yeah. Back when people yeah. paid money for iTunes. Yeah. Paid money. Yeah. Yeah. Can you believe that? People used to pay money for music. Yep. They still do. Some people do. Some Sometimes. People do. Yep. So All right. Talk to you offline. <laughs> Speaking of um, artists who've gone number one in a during a slow month. Yes. Did you listen to the to Future's album? I definitely checked out Nevadius. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> so, do we need to go track by track on this? No. Good, because it's twenty tracks. Um, to me, there's like, there's a the story of this album is you can look at the credits and then you can read up on on what's happening here and. This is the album I'm, I'm, I think I was talking about it earlier, where like you can see the story of what happened here, which is basically, so he signed a producer, a really young kid named ATL Jacob, okay, who produces like seven of these songs, okay. Um, so it's definitely a case where like, and I don't know, I read an interview with this kid, and they were like, yeah, it was gonna be half the album originally, but they cut it back to seven, and we're saving more stuff for later. He's like, yeah, we have five hundred songs together, and I was like, how? I'm sure you do, right? But like. Future signed this kid because he's got artists signed to to his label and Mm -hmm. he needs production to feed the beast. Absolutely. And he needs this kid to have serious credits to legitimize his artists. Yep. So this is Future's last album on his record label. This is the last album on Epic. Yep. So this is why Future is everywhere. Yep. Because Future, Epic is trying to get the rest of their return on their investment back. And conversely, Future, we'll see if he goes fully independent. Does he, in the era of streaming, when you're named like Future, and when you've got Apple Music presumably poning up cash because they did a little documentary with him or whatever, mm-hmm. do you need a label? Absolutely. Not sure. He's got he's got his little free bands imprint. He's got ATL Jacob signed to it. He's got other artists signed to it. 
So like when you look at these songs, like ATL Jacob is fine. He's got some beats that are cool, but like there's definitely like filler here for real. Like and sure. it's, it's 20 songs of future. Right. And you don't get a single like I'm not saying guests are everything, but like there are 14 songs in a row here without a guest. Yeah. For future. That's a lot of future. <laughs> and I think that kind of speaks to where artists are, where you are feeding your fan base, because I've heard nothing but praise yeah, for 100%. this project from future fans. So we're looking like, oh my God, 20 records. But his fans are like, oh my God, 20 records. Right. This is This is such an album of its era, right? Like you put this out because... And it's clear, like, I mean, it's interesting because, you know, he put out, um, you know, he did a couple of videos because they were part of the Apple Music thing, I think. But like, this clearly is an album to me where it's like, we're going to put this out. We're going to see what sticks, if anything, and then we're going to push it. Mm-hmm. Because there's, to me, there's not like, it's not like there's a song on here where you're like, okay, this is the record. This is an album for future fans, right? Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. You, like, I don't know, maybe, am I missing something? Because like... There are some beats on here that work better than others. Mm-hmm. I think in general, I'm a fan of Future when he's got some energy. Sure. When it's a slower beat and he's being more like, he's sort of singing slower on it, rap singing slower on it. Yeah. I'm kind of like, oh God, can we, can, can we not? Well, he performed Crushed Up on Ellen. <laughs> you know, I like uh, that Wheezy beat. Wheezy's having a nice little run right now. Who is? Wheezy. Who's Weezy? You talking about Wayne? Nope. Oh. Talking about a producer? Um, okay. His tag is Weezy out of here. Oh, um, okay, 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 okay. That's yeah. the one who did a Yes Indeed for Lil Baby, right? Because uh, I do I, remember that I do remember that drop being there. Yep, he did Yes Indeed. He did the Drake okay. uh, Meek Mill record, and he did Crushed Up. Okay, okay. So he okay. is a cut above some of these other producers. <laughs> yes. Um, He's having a nice little run. I, you know, there's some, like... You know, it's like Take Heath's got a couple beats on here. One of them is good. The other one, I'm like, I don't know what's going on here. Um, Southside's got some interest, some okay beats on here. But like in general, I'm just kind of like, ugh, yeah. I'm good. Yeah, I mean, again, like Future's not really, he's not really my target. Why I, you kind of notice like he'll have records here and there that that will stand out to me. But you know, I think the larger, <clears throat> the larger issue of this album is all of the other stuff that's come with it. So his interviews. Things that he said in interviews, um, the fact that he's doing interviews, yeah, it's can, just like really, it's really weird. Can you talk a little bit about? Because I'm confused. Okay. So he he's been talking about how, um, I want to make sure I get this right, but my take from it was I'm, I'm paraphrasing heavily. Like he feels regret over popularizing rapping about lean. Yeah. So he he said that he stopped doing lean. And felt a way about telling his audience that because he didn't want them to judge the music differently. Because a lot of his fans, he felt like, liked him because of his emotional state or based off of how he sounded when he was on drugs or influenced influenced by drugs. Like, yeah. He's still rapping about being on drugs on this album. He is, but I, I wouldn't, I'll say this though. This album didn't feel painful like some of the other albums did. No, it did yeah. not. Yeah, it didn't feel painful. Um, But like, it, there's actually, there's even a song where he's talking about being on lean. Sure. So like, 
I was confused by that. The other thing that was kind of confusing is like, even when he's not talking about lean, he's clearly talking about like other drugs. Yeah. Like there's a, there's a couple things that future raps and sings about. He sings about having money, Mm -hmm. drugs, Mm -hmm. being in the trap Mm -hmm. and being pretty derogatory towards women. So yeah, having, having sex and being disrespectful towards lots of women. Yes. Correct. Like that's it. Yeah. I get it. I mean, like, that... <laughs> why is drinking? Why? Why? I guess what I what I'm trying to figure out is like, why does he feel some some kind of way about quitting lean, but not, but like not wanting to tell his audience, but like still having no problem like rapping about like taking other drugs. Right. I mean, but that that's the conversation that we've long had about hip hop growing up and hip hop maturing, where certain people, you know, it, it's it's the. Um, it's the boyfriend who says, oh, well, I shouldn't. Okay, I shouldn't relegate this to men. So it's the person in the relationship that says, yeah, I changed. I'm a different person now. And then they go back and they do exactly what they've been doing right. in the relationship. Um, you know, is it one of those things where Future feels trapped? Or is it is it a thing where, you know, Future doesn't see what's necessary about rapping about anything significant does do people not see the weight of okay i'm rapping about this lifestyle and i've got millions of people looking at me listening to me and i'm influencing a large demographic of people with the things that i say the way that i dress and the things that i stand next to or the people that i stand next to or the ideologies that i stand next to like you have to understand you have to understand that as an artist, especially, I don't even think Future's a young guy. Let me see, how old is, how old is Future? He's been around longer than people think. Future's 35. So he's not, he's not a young, well, he's young, but he's not a young dude. Future's my age. Oh yeah. My God. I thought about that. I saw, I saw an old picture of him with the Dungeon Family from like the XXL magazine in 2006. Okay, yeah, he's been doing this for a while. And he kind of looks like mid-30s in the face. I'm not saying that disrespectfully. He looks like, you know... He looks like he's in his mid thirties. Right. So you have to know at thirty five, like, all right. But I guess what do you do? I, I guess do do? for yeah, for me, like the thing I never got with Future, and you know, this is just um, this is why you and I aren't like real big fans. It's like I feel like he's just played that. Oh man, I'm on drugs and I'm successful, but I'm conflicted about it. Card like that's mm-hmm. I okay, cool. But like, are you? Is that going to be the story like every time? I, I guess it is. I don't know. Like, I <laughs> I just don't get it. So, like, when I, like, but even compared to, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like, honestly, like, for the most part, there's a couple of songs that are maybe stand out a bit compared to other ones. But, like, this really feels like an album full of, like, playlist tracks. Can't even call them album tracks anymore because nobody cares about that. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, the thing that's interesting to me is, like, there's no, when he did that double album, um, was, like, two years ago? Uh, are you talking about love and no, evil was, and... Wasn't it called... Hold up, was it evil and future? Wasn't it called Future Hendrix? Oh, was Hendrix a double album? Uh, hold on. I thought it was the... I thought it was... I thought it was evil and, uh, and something else where they dropped... He dropped them like a week apart. It was... One was called Future. The other one was called Hendrix. Okay. 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 Yep. Um, so like... You know, he he swung for the fences on like, you know, he swung for the fences with selfish. You know, he had songs where he was like he was trying to do the sweatsuit type thing, right? Where it's like I'm gonna do the hard record and then I'm gonna do the you know what I mean? But like yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you know, there's nothing like mask off or any, you know what I mean? Like there's just nothing that's, he's not going for anything here to me. I don't know. Yeah. But then here, here's the question though. Do you think mask off was a record where he did it? And he was like, yeah, this is a hit. Like, I don't hear a significant difference in future's hits. I oh, feel like, I feel like future just makes, makes records. And then his audience sort of like, gravitates to certain records and they just get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger like even a record like march madness like it doesn't sound different from anything it, it might sound more urgent than a lot of his mm-hmm. other songs but yeah, maybe it doesn't right. yeah like most artists you hear the difference like okay yeah that's the single yeah maybe you're right maybe I th- so future just isn't uh and I think, but i think that's thing. that might be the goal nowadays it's like i'm gonna make a collection of songs right and I'm going to see, because I noticed, okay, so here we go. What I noticed was before I listened to Future's album was I saw the records that people were gravitating to. Yeah. Like people loved Baptize. People loved Stick to the Models. Uh, people loved um, uh, Crazy But True. So when, I, so when I'm listening to the album, those records I'm listening to closer because I'm saying, okay, why do people like these records? And so I end up liking Crazy But True. Like, okay, like, here's a, con- a concept song from Future. And I know he has a couple feds that is, like, I get it. Like, he, you know, like, even a record like Real Sisters, as misogynistic as it is, it's a conceptual record. But it's Future making a case for his music and for his brand, his brand and his platform, which is really interesting to hear. Um, and I end up liking a song. So those are the records like i wouldn't be surprised if there was a video for baptized in a couple weeks i wouldn't be surprised there's a video for crazy but true because as you talked about earlier with spotify Mm -hmm. artists are able to collect data labels are able to collect data and say these okay so here are the 20 songs here are the records that people liked let's shoot videos for this this and this i think that's where we are nowadays i don't disagree with that it's just like for me listening to this 20 tracks in a row i was like man it's a lot yeah I agree. I agree. 20 okay. records, 20 records is a lot. And you kind of get ear fatigue after, you know, 12, 13, yeah, especially if it's, especially if, if it's not good or if it's, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It all sounds the same. There's a lot of that. You know what I'm saying? So even, oh, here's, a, here's another point I wanted to ask you about though. I didn't realize that Travis is also signed to Epic. Yes. So is this a thing where future, future's not, who Future was four years ago. Sure. So this isn't a thing where, okay, this is Future's last album. They've got Future everywhere because Future wasn't doing interviews. And back then, it, Future was able to say, I don't do interviews because it like fed into this spooky narrative that rappers love to you know operate within. But now you're on your way out the door like, oh, no, 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 no. You're about to talk to everybody. Because we're going to get every single dollar and cent out of you because you've put out projects that didn't necessarily, <clears throat> they didn't like, they didn't pick up in that way. Other than what, like records here and there, like mask off or whatever. But like right, future right. wasn't this, I think they were expecting him to have this crossover appeal where he could potentially perform at the Super Bowl versus Travis Scott, who clearly is like, yo, I don't care what the narrative is right now. I don't care what y'all are talking about. Like, I want that crossover appeal. My, 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 the child, my mother or my child's mother is one of the biggest, most recognizable people in the world. I want some of that fame too. Also, I think just Travis has got to be super confident in his live show. 
Absolutely. So he's he's just like, sure, give me give me the give, give me on stage in front of how many millions of people. That's fine. Yep. Yep. You're right. You're right. All right. Anything else you want to say about future? Uh, no, I'm I'm good. Uh, I think the last thing we want to talk about this week is something that I really wasn't paying much attention to, and then I saw people talking about it, so I was like, all right, let's let's listen to it, and that's uh, Boogie with this album, Everything's for Sale. Yes. Uh, did you listen to this? Um, I skimmed. I meant to go back, but I did. I did not. But I did skim. This uh, this album kind of surprised me. It's it it sounded really good when I skimmed through it. This is a good album. I love the intro. The intro. The intro. I let rock. The intro's fire. Intro's good, but I think there's better stuff elsewhere here. Um, the M- oh man, the, the 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 less I say about the Eminem song, the better. I I, I know that's like the narrative now, so I'm just gonna ignore it. Um. The beat is okay. So here's the thing about the M thing is it's it's so out of place with the rest of the album. Um, most of the rest of the album, he's working with uh, like a handful of producers. So there's a very consistent feel, right? It's a very like light album, mm-hmm. right? There are some songs that go a little harder, but you know, this is an album about relationships for the most part. Mm. And he's really good at talking about relationships. There's a lot of warm keys. There's a lot of like, there's guitars that come in. Like it's, it is, and you know, when percussion comes in, like it's modern, it's, it doesn't sound like like out of date or anything, but it is, there is a, a feel to it. There are parts of this that give me, I'm not saying he's Kendrick, but he's going for like almost like a to pimp a butterfly kind of feelish a bit at times. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Like, yes. Like whose fault with uh, Christian Scott, the um, uh, who's uh, playing horns on it. Like that's a dope record. It's warm keys, modern trap drums, like, um, and you hear that record and you're like, okay, this kid came up on Kendrick. Like, I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you could like, you can nitpick it and you can say, look, like a lot of these songs kind of have similar concepts. Like, I don't know how many songs on an album can you make about relationships? Um, the answer for Boogie is most of them. For some <laughs> people, like that's fine. For me, I'm like, eh, okay, cool. Like I, I, I'm good. Like I, I don't need seven or eight songs on an album about relationships. Um, but the feel of this album works so well. And this is going to, this album's going to sound great in the spring. Mm. Um, so there's a little bit of ear fatigue at times, even though it's, it's a short album, but like a lot of these songs are barely over three minutes, you know? Yeah. I think I heard it's 39 minutes. Right. And it's 13 tracks. It's pretty compact. Um, the intro is the longest song, and frankly, it's like two different songs. That mm-hmm. happens in a couple places. There's beat switches, but the um, but yeah, that M, that M song just sticks out like a sore thumb. I get why they why they wanted to have it, of course. Um, but the one thing I guess I would have wanted, so like he's clearly working with I don't even know these people these guys are, but uh, Dart is the name of one of these producers, and Kale is the name of the these other producers. He works with one of those two on like. I don't know, all but like three or four tracks on this album. So it's like the mm-hmm. two of them are helping all over this place. And some songs they work together. Clearly, like they are helping defining Boogie sound. But like that M record is Street Runner and S1. You know, mm-hmm. like it's an Eminem song, right? Or it was during like Eminem's recording sessions and they said, let's get you in here or whatever. But like, it just sounds out of place. I would have been way more interested to see if M could have adapted to like the vibe of the rest of the album. Yeah. Cause like I've heard Eminem over dramatic trap beats, right? Like that ship has sailed for me. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. Never mind that. You know the thing that oh, I realized I didn't want to say anything about that thing. Here's the thing about M's verse, right? It's catching a lot of flack because there's corny stuff. The thing that really kills you as a hip hop fan is there are 
parts of it where like he, he actually takes his flow to a place where you're like, wait a minute, something interesting is happening here. Mm-hmm. And then he just, then he just starts rapping about Dracula, you know? And it's like, all right, we're good. We're good. And of course it's like, it's overproduced and like they got to drop the drums here and bring in five beats, which it's like, all, all right. All right. And it's, yeah. it just sticks out so oddly on such a otherwise con- consistent, cohesive, concise album. Yeah. Um, I was very pleasantly surprised by Boogie. Um, I kind of hope I come back to this uh, later in the year. Um, I think this kid's got a lot of potential. I think these producers he's working with, I hope he continues to work with them. Like I, this I was a, just a, I had, I had like zero <clears throat> expectations for this album. Mm-hmm. I did not know what to expect at all. Yeah. And I was just like, huh? Okay. Yeah. It's as the kids say, it's a vibe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. I don't have anything else to say. I, I, I don't have anything else to add just because I skimmed, but other than I like the intro and I was surprised um, at the, the rapping and the production. Um, and yes, I agree. This is not the right time of the year to hear this album. It reminded me in New York. I text my little sister from New York and I'm like, yo, this, or I'm sorry, from LA. Um, and it's like, this like, yo, this makes me miss you in LA. Like I want to drive around in California listening to this album ASAP. Right. So, yeah i'm there yeah i'm there i was pleasantly surprised there's a nice little like the 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 nice little three so after it's funny after that m feature there's a nice little run like the 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 um the black feature is great um who's like he sounds great on those warm keys um whose fault is good no warning is good like there's there's little there's little runs here i was i was really surprised really happy with this so shout out to shout out to boogie um yeah I don't know, like, because of this album, like, it's his first major labor, label album, um, you know, I fully expect that they're going to work this slowly, right? Like, they're going to do the traditional thing where, like, okay, now this song gets a video and we're going to do this. And, you know, maybe they'll try to get him, like, on some festivals and, like, sort of work it slow. Like, I'm going to be really interested to see where he goes from here. Yeah. I think he's just, I think he's got a ton of potential. Yeah. And so it's good to hear. And it was honestly, like, in a part of it, too, was... You know, a lot of a lot of records now they don't sound the same. I don't say that at all, but there is a certain tone that a lot of trap records adopt, right? And this didn't sound like that at all, and it was refreshing. And but it also didn't sound like there is also another. There's a like a another stereotype. There's a couple stereotypical West Coast sounds that are out there. Sure. And this is none of them. Yeah. And I was like, okay, it was really refreshing to hear. Like, okay, Boogie has a sound. Yeah. So I liked it a lot. I was pretty surprised. Yeah, agree. All right. Well, we sort of skated through that one, but yeah, uh, if you if you are listening and haven't listened, I definitely recommend you go listen to that. Armand, is there anything else we need to talk about this week? I think we're good. Okay. I don't know when we're going to be back. Um, depends if something if something drops. Apparently, um, uh, Offset his album's coming out in February. Okay. Finally, I'm expecting we'll hear something about the, around Grammy time. So all I have to say. Everybody, I don't know if we're back next week, but if we're not, I'm sure we'll be back, we'll be back the week after. In the meantime, go to clockwardyspeakers.com as always. Hit us up at CRS Podcast and let us know what you think about what we talked about this week. And uh, Armand, nothing to announce? Nah. All right. Well, we'll see y'all later.